Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for revelation knowledge. We thank you for insight. And we thank you for what you are getting ready to break down to us. St. John 6.63 declares, Lord, that the words that you speak on us, they are spirit and they are life. So we thank you for revelation knowledge and insight and for never, ever, ever letting us get stuck. Now listen to me. God shifted my life over the last 24 hours. And I want to say this to you, and I need your undivided attention. But over the last 24 hours, God shifted my life. I've always known certain things and heard about them. But God began to stir my heart about something that he wanted me to share with you. And God is completely changing my life. He's completely shifting my future. Uh, he's changing my thinking, Proverbs 23 and 7. As a man thinketh, so is he. You know, you can never be above your thought life, and however you think is the way you're going to live. So you have to get a revelation of thinking because until you change the way you think, things are going to stay the same way. And that's why the whole salvation plan is metanoia. It is the change of one's mind because God can do nothing until you are renewed in the spirit of your mind. God has let me know that everything is already done in the spirit. However, even though it's done in the spirit, it's my job to manifest it from the spirit realm into the natural realm. Ephesians 3 and 20, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, but it's according to the power that worketh on the inside of us. And real soon I'm going to do a... Um, another teaching on taking the limits off of God, or removing the barriers. But I want to say this to you, that never get to a place where you're stuck and you cannot have your eyes open. Ephesians chapter 1 said that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. Never get to a place where you think you know it all. So God just began to burn in my heart over the last 24 hours. He kept saying, the feast. The feast, the feast, and of course I've heard about the feast, all of the feasts, I understand most of the feasts, but he kept saying to me, the feast, the feast, the feast, and my mind said, of course, you know, I've, al I've already done the Passover before, and um, I've all, you know, I don't celebrate Easter because I understand Easter is Ishtar, which is the god of fertility. So all of you that are on this call who take your little children to Easter eggs hunt, you know, I'm praying for you because you're going to be lost. And all of you that get your children these rabbits, you have to have a standard. A lot of times your children do what you allow them to do because you don't have a standard. And just like you tell them, no, they can't curse, no, they can't uh, uh uh, watch whatever they want to watch on TV. You have to set a standard for them and give them an understanding of what things mean. So, you know, we don't celebrate Easter at Kingdom City Church because we understand what it's about. We understand the origin of it and where it came from. So I've always had a good understanding of the Feast of Passover, and I understood it. But I always want to know, why, what was the purpose of the seven feasts? Why, why do we have this? So the Lord kept saying to me, he kept saying, the feasts, the feasts, the feasts, the feasts. And I kept saying to the Lord, 
I said, well, why are you talking to me about the feast? And I feel like the Lord began to deal with me about Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, you know, on July 1st. You know, a lot of times you might find people dropping to the ground, or running the other way of thousands and thousands of Union and Confederate troops appear around you. And the reason they do this is it is the reenactment of the Battle of Gettysburg. Uh, it was held in 2008. You know, it had 13,000 reenactors, 500 mounted cavalry, and 100 cannons. And it was a replay of the American Civil War, which is one of the most famous battles that ever took place in America. In addition to acting it out, many people, uh, they engage in drills and war games to practice for potential events for a potential event, okay? And acting these out actually helps people get a head start of the future. Now, of course, you are not here doing the Gettysburg Address. You are not here during that time. But every year, the Army, they do a reenactment. They do drills. They do all of these jumping on the ground, all of these soldiers marching because they are commemorating something that happened, but they're also preparing for something uh, that's going to happen. And if you look in your Bible, uh, if you get a good understanding of it, God established an annual reenactment and the preview of his plan of salvation. Always remember, now the Old Testament is Jesus Christ concealed, but the New Testament is Jesus Christ revealed. So you see Christ in the Old Testament, even though you don't see him in manifestation. He has to be revealed to you by revelation because he is concealed. And you must understand that everything that went on in the Old Testament, it was a picture of the Christ who was to come. And after that Christ came, even that Christ continued to do, bless God, what was a reenactment or a preview of what was getting ready to come. So there are seven steps, okay, uh, that, that remain a mystery to many people today, and you must understand that you must understand the significance of these ancient biblical festivals. And when you understand symbolism and you begin to celebrate these seven feasts, you will uncover greater understanding of the unified, perfectly connected plan of God. If you don't understand these things, then you will just keep asking questions without an understanding. I want you to get this, because a lot of people are asking questions. Why is there so much suffering in the world today? You know, why did Jesus have to die? Okay, since he gave his life, how, does, how, how am I supposed to respond to it? Where is God working today? What is the way to real peace? What will happen to the billions of people who've never even heard? of the gospel of Christ. And I'm telling you that as you begin to get in your Bible, the word of God is the answer to all of these questions. So God began to say to me, the feast, the feast, the feast, the feast. He said, my answer is in the feast. He said, everything that I did, I did it according to the feast. And, of course, if you don't know, write these down. There were seven feasts. You had the feast of Passover. You had the feast of unleavened bread. You had the feast of weeks, 
which is what we call Pentecost. You have the Feast of Trumpets. You have the Feast of Atonement, the Feast of Tabernacles, and you had what some people call the Eighth Day. And when you look at this, these are Old Testament feasts, but they are symbolic of what we're to do in the New Testament and of the future. And all these seven feasts are celebrated during the harvest season. My God, I'm getting ready to get happy because I'm having this conversation, and I believe God has me having this conversation because we are coming up on a feast. You have the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which came at the start of the spring barley harvest. You have the Feast of Pentecost, which was celebrated at the end of the grain harvest. But then you have the last four fall festival feasts which are known as the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, the Bible declares in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 2, that they are the Feast of the Lord. They're not just the Feast of Israel. They're not just the Feast of a nation, but they are the Feast of the Lord, and God called them his feast. So I want you to get this. I don't want you to say, well, this feast doesn't belong to me. This just is for Israel. No, God said these are my feast. And if you read your Bible, John chapter 7, Jesus got up on the last day of the feast that I'm getting ready to talk about. And guess what he said? If any man come unto me, you know, he said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly. That's in John seven thirty seven. I know you think that Pentecost is just something symbolic of a group of people, but Pentecost is actually a feast. That's why Acts chapter 2 verse 1 declares, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. And when you look at 1 Corinthians 5, Paul is talking about, let us keep the feast. So a lot of people don't understand that these feasts are very prophetic. And even the prophet Zechariah said in Zechariah 14 and 16 that everyone who has left, uh, 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 I'm reading the scripture, and it should come to pass that everyone who has left of all the nations which came against Israel, Jerusalem, shall go up from year to year to worship the king, all right, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, the Feast of Tabernacles is one of the major international annual festivals of the kingdom of God. So don't it seem strange that we don't keep it today? And I want you to get this, because everything that Christ did. He did it for a purpose. God didn't just do things to do it. He did it for a purpose. And if you look at the major theme of the Bible, it deals with spiritual growth, and you got to have spiritual fruit. St. John 15, I am the true vine, all right? He talks about how you got to be connected to that true vine. And God uses the analogy of spiritual harvest as a description of his awesome plan of salvation. For instance, the first prudence to become ripe in the spring was called the first fruits. And you read that in Exodus chapter 23, verse 19. What is the first fruit symbolic of? Jesus is the perfect first fruit and the first one to be raised 
from immortality to immortality in first Corinthians chapter 15 verse 20 but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep so that's the first spiritual harvest which is the Passover and the unleavened bread but after that after the conclusion of the spring grain harvest I'm sorry after that one with the barley came the next um Feast, which is the Feast of Pentecost, which came at the conclusion of the spring grain harvest. And not only did the New Testament church begin on Pentecost, but Jesus talked about the church in terms of a harvest. In Matthew chapter 9, remember he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers into his harvest. Even Paul explained in God's plan that we each have an order. In 1 Corinthians 15, 22, I'm reading this from the Bible. For as in Adam all die, but even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward those who are Christ at his coming. As you see, it carries on to the large harvest. All right, which is with the four biblical feasts. They demonstrate the love of God, how God wants to bring everybody to salvation. But I want you to see this, that the most important feast for me and the feast that we are getting ready to come up on, my God, is the Feast of Tabernacles. And this is why I believe God wanted me to come and speak to you tonight because the Feast of Tabernacles begins on Sunday night. And I'm telling you, with Satan removed, how did he get removed? Through the Feast of Atonement and Jesus reigning as the King of Kings, all right, the knowledge of God is getting ready to spread around the earth. Now, I want you to see something because in Deuteronomy, Chapter 16, verse 16, it says, Three times in a year shall all thy males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose. It's going to be at the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It's going to be at the Feast of Weeks and at the Feast of Tabernacles. So God said that there are three times that we are supposed to appear before the Lord. And I want to tell you that these feasts are important for a reason. Even Jesus kept the feast. When you get a chance, read Luke chapter 2, around about 41, 42, when his parents came looking for him, they would go every year to keep the feast. In Luke chapter 2, if you look at John chapter 7, when Jesus got ready to perform a miracle, a lot of times Jesus would do things during the feast. I'm talking to you about the feast for a reason, because in the spirit realm, when the feast takes place, there is a portal open, hallelujah, in heaven. And God has commanded us three times. God said three times I'm going to open the heavens for you. Three times there are appointed times with a feast that I have set in place in eternity every year that three times that you 
are to come before me. And when you come before me, I want you to come before me a certain way. Excuse me, because I'm getting excited. Because whenever the Lord shows me something, I get so excited about it. Now, the name Feast of the Tabernacles came from temporary dwellings. Here it is. God brings the children of Israel out of bondage. Glory to God. And when they come out of bondage from Egypt, they're getting ready to go into the promised land. I need you to picture this for me. I need you to picture yourself leaving from the state of Florida, and you are headed to South Carolina. In between Florida and South Carolina is a state named Georgia. Georgia, for the children of Israel, was their wilderness. The promised land is South Carolina. Florida is Egypt. God has brought them out of Florida. He's taking them to South Carolina, but they are in a place called the wilderness. And while they are in the wilderness, gathering every year, come on, I need you to get this, they are gathering the harvest at the end of every year around September, October, when they are gathering this harvest, sometimes the sun begins to beat on them. And when they get tired, they what they do is they, they, they get these plants and they get these certain branches and they start um, building what you call booths. We call the Feast of Tabernacles Sukkot, which is interpreted booths which is really a dwelling place. They would get these tents. That's what tabernacles, always remember that. Tabernacles is not a permanent place. It's a temporary place. And here it is, God tells them, what I want you to do is during this season, I want you to go inside of that tabernacle. Now, you got to get this because John says, and, we be, and the word was made flesh and dwelt. That word dwelt in the Greek means he tabernacled among us. And Jesus was not a permanent person. He was a temporary person. You get what I'm saying? The body. The body that God dwelled in brings the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. That body was only a temporary place. It was a tabernacle for God to dwell in amongst his people. God manifested in the flesh through the life of Jesus. So this time of tabernacles was a time where they would gather their harvest. All of the people from everywhere, all of the Israelites, all of the Jews, they would come together during the Feast of Tabernacles. This feast lasted for eight days. And they would come together, and they would rejoice. Now, why were they rejoicing? They were rejoicing coming out of Egypt. Glory to God. Just like I told you at the beginning of this conversation, that people rejoice on July 4th for an event that they were not even at. They do the drill. They do all of these rejoicing. Well, the Feast of Tabernacles was a time when all these children of Israel came together to rejoice, and they were rejoicing because God brought them out of Egypt. 
and he delivered them from the hand of the enemy. So the Feast of Tabernacles is a time of rejoicing. So on Sunday, which is where we're going into, and I'm going to put a demand on those who are members of KCC because God gives us a revelation, and once you come into a revelation, you are responsible for what you know. To whom much is given, much is required. James 4.17, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him, uh, it is sin. So now that you know better, God brought us out of bondage. Didn't he bring you out of sin? Didn't he bring you out of slavery? Didn't he bring you out of the bondage of hell? The devil was getting ready to kill you and destroy you and take you out. This time of, of celebration, the Feast of Tabernacles, is a time of celebration for God bringing you out of Egypt. But I didn't finish reading the scripture. Deuteronomy 16 says, you're to come before God three times a year, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty. God commanded them during this feast to not come empty-handed. Because it was a time of harvest. Now, for you, you cannot gather corn and gather wine and gather fruit. But what we do is we go to work. And the Bible declares that we're to offer a sacrifice. Oh, I'm about to make somebody happy. I'm about to shout. The Bible says it got to be a sacrifice by fire. So they had to bring an offering, but it had to be a sacrifice by fire, which means what they had to do is they had to go into the field and they had to kill something, which means it had to cost them, which means God said during the Feast of Tabernacles, I want you to bring me an offering that cost. I want you to bring me an offering that hurts. Why? Because I brought you out of bondage, but I need you to get this. This feast went on for seven days. It was a time of harvest. And the reason I believe God is showing me this is because you are who are on this call are getting ready to hit a season that you've never hit before in your life. The favor of God is getting ready to jump on you like you've never seen. Why? Because you're keeping the feast. And if you look in your Bible, do a study, every time Jesus did a lot of miracles, he did them during feast time because the portals are open in the spirit. And right now we are in the Feast of Tabernacles starting on Sunday night. And God says, you bring me an offering, and I want you to bring me an offering, not just to rejoice from where you came from, but your offering needs to signify where you're going because you're in a temporary place. But I'm ready to move you onto a permanent place. That's what I came on this call to tell everybody listening to me. You've been in a temporary place, but God's about to move you onto a permanent place. You keep receiving temporary blessings, temporary breakthrough, temporary seasons of being happy, temporary seasons of change, temporary seasons of peace. Uh-uh. God said, once you get a hold of this revelation, not only will you have temporary peace, but you're about to have permanent peace. 
You're about to have permanent prosperity. I'm telling you that the doors are getting ready to swing open like you've never seen before. Saints of God, my faith is challenged. My faith is moved. Stirred on a level that has never been stirred before because I'm trusting God to do the supernatural. I have church on Sunday at the church in St. Mary's. I'm not even teaching on this. I'm going to talk about it for about five minutes. But I want the people at KCC to get in on this because there is a portal open in the heavens, and it opens on Sunday night. But not only will it be open on Sunday, it's going to be open for the next seven days. I'm actually going to challenge you, and I know some of KCC is on here. I'm going to challenge you to sow a seed every day next week. Because we're in the Feast of Tabernacles, and the Word of God declares you cannot come before him empty-handed. There is a shift about to take place in your life. You're getting ready to move from a permanent place, from a temporary place, into a permanent place. I'm telling you that God is getting ready to shift your life. This is the Feast of Tabernacles. It shifted my life. You do understand that Jesus Christ was their Sukkot. What do you mean? That Sukkot is a covering. It's a protection. When you give during this time and follow the directions of this feast, God has commanded you protection. Jesus was their protection while they were in the wilderness. How was it? He was the pillar. He was that cloud, glory to God, in the daytime. But he was the pillar of fire by night. That was their tabernacle. That cloud didn't stay still. That cloud moved with them. And I'm telling you that the tabernacle of David was a tabernacle that moved. You remember when David showed up with the tabernacle. It wasn't in one place. It moved around. See, God never wanted to dwell in something that was pretty and beautiful and wonderful. David wanted to build God a house. But God said, I don't dwell in temples made with man's hands. God raised up an apostle by the name of Paul who said, know you not that your body is the temple. It is the tabernacle. The kingdom of God is with men. God never wanted a building. God always wanted a moving thing. I'm trying to tell you that when you when you celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, heaven is getting ready to move with you every step you make. Heaven is getting ready to move on your behalf. Now, heaven has already moved in the spirit realm, but this seed is going to line you up with what God's getting ready to do in your life. So guess what I'm doing? On Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, these are all days during the feast, and I want to challenge you. Some of you have churches. You have pastors. I'm not challenging you to not sow into your pastor. I think that where you are being fed and whoever blesses you and whoever ministers to you and whoever speaks into your life, on that Sunday, on this Sunday coming, you need to give God a seed that costs because the heavens are open. God does not move on a Gregorian calendar. God moves according to the calendar of Israel. Jesus was a Jew, and he would move. He would make moves, and he would do miracles during the time of feast, because during the feast, they're not feasts of Israel. They are the feasts of the Lord. And that word feast in the Greek, um, Hebrew, is an appointed time. There is a time 
that has been set for your breakthrough. You know, we did three big offerings at the KCC Church this year, and the Lord said to me, next year you're going to do all of your giving during the time of the feast, when the heavens are open. That's when we're going to do our three big offerings, because there is a portal open in the Spirit during that time. I just came to encourage somebody and let them know that next year, if you were, next week, if you would honor God with a special offering, an offering that costs, yeah, an offering that hurts, uh-huh, an offering that had to be burned by fire, they had to go kill something, you know, uh, you can't bring an animal today. You bring an animal in church today, the, the humane society is going to come get you. Yeah, I, I believe they will. But you can bring an offering. That offering is a representation of your harvest. And I'm telling you that God is shifting your life tonight. I want to release a challenge today, and as I release this challenge, I'm going to get off of the phone, and I'm going to next week go ahead and prepare to do a podcast for another revelation that God has given me that I believe will help your life. But I want to encourage everyone to meet me at the shut-in next weekend. and I want to encourage you to come to Convocation the 14th to the 18th of November. But I want to encourage right now, I want to encourage about 300 people who will with me who were with me at this very moment, without hesitation, without thinking about it, without trying to get it to make sense. I want 300 people because we are entering into tabernacles. I need 300 people. I want to call it Gideon 300. Bishop Jake's called the thing where he ministers to the people, Gideon 300. We know Gideon had an army of 300. I need 300 people tonight who are listening to me, who are under the sound of my voice. We're getting ready to enter into tabernacles. And when they came before the Lord doing tabernacles, he commanded them to not come empty-handed. Three people on this call, I don't want you to hesitate. I don't want you to think about it. If you think it's a game, go study it for yourself. Because next week, I'm giving every day. Next week, I'm giving every day. I'm trusting God to do the supernatural. Because it's already done in the spirit. I need 300 people. The Lord told me some days ago to give out some uh, special gift to those who gave a certain amount. And I, and I sent that special gift. There are 300 people, 300 people, who I'm challenging tonight under the sound of my voice to sow a seed of $50. You don't come before the Lord empty-handed. Now, somebody's listening to me and you're saying, I can't afford it. But I'm telling you, you can't afford not to in this moment. If you would go listen to my teaching on the podcast, it's already done. You will never say what you don't have another day in your life. Everything you need, you already have. 
everything you need, you already have. You have all sufficiency. You have all the money you need, all the healing you're going to need, all the delivery. You already have it. I'm challenging everybody tonight under this anointing and under my sound of my voice. I always tell you, if you think it's a gimmick, don't do it. If you think somebody's playing with you, don't do it. If you say Brian Curran is on here again asking for money, don't do it. Forget me. And if you think it's a game, don't sow it under Brian Carr Ministries. Do it at your home church. But if 300 people that I believe I'm assigned to pray for, and all 300 of you, I want to send you a special gift. And I want to send you this gift. in the next 30 days. The anointing is on it for now. I'm going to challenge 300 of you. Between now and Sunday night to sow a seed of $50. 300 of you. I love you so much. I'm praying for you. I know it seems like I get happy, and I do, because whenever God shares something with me, it shifts my life, shifts my destiny. My life is changing. I, I don't have a care in the world. I, I'm so encouraged. I trust the Lord. Someone called me today and asked me, they said, why are you so chill? I'm not worried about nothing. I'm trusting God with my life. He's all I got. If God don't do it, it can't be done. You know, I believe that. I believe God is doing supernatural things in the spirit realm. Right now, they're already done. It's my job to move it from the spirit into the natural. And I'm doing it by the praying in the spirit and working the word and confessing and believing God and spending time with him and putting my time in. You understand? I want to challenge 300 people under the sound of my voice. There's something, and I'm going to tell you this, I mean this, this, I'm telling you that every pastor, every pastor, if you're on this call, you need to teach your church that during this time, this is a time of harvest. This is a time that you sow because God's getting ready to move you into a permanent place. Every year, God commanded us every year. It has nothing to do with me. I didn't make this command. God did. Look up the calendar. Look on your calendar. This is the Feast of Tabernacles. In Deuteronomy 16, declares that he commands us to not come before him empty-handed. So this is, don't say Prophet Khan is asking for it. I'm asking for $50. That doesn't even hurt. God said the offering he wants, he wants this thing to cost you. He said, I want blood. He said, you got to be by fire. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord that God had given thee. God commanded that. I didn't make it up. So I want to challenge you that are listening. So you see it in faith. Between now and Sunday night, everybody, if you want to give, if you want to mail your seat in, go to P.O. Box 11507, Jacksonville, Florida, 32239. That's P.O. Box 11507. Jacksonville, Florida, 32239. 
or go to the website, BrianCarn.com. I want to do a special gift for the first 100. For the first 100, I personally want to do a special gift for the first 100 people who will sow that seed of $50. And I believe God is getting ready to do some amazing things in your life. I'm excited about my future. Very soon I'll be sharing with you. I want you all to begin to pray for um, pray for that all. I had a vision about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Looked like he was sick. Looked like he had some health problems, and everybody was shocked about it. So I want to encourage you all to begin to pray for Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, the Terminator. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, I want us to begin to pray for him. And I, I had a vision of a new storm that's getting ready to come. I, the Lord showed me that a new storm is getting ready to find America. Uh, I believe the storms are not done, so let's be praying for America. And there's a famous pastor that I've been praying for. A famous pastor is about to be exposed for some kind of assault. So let's be praying for that pastor. Also, I looked like I saw an earthquake hit the state of Texas. But it may be just a southern city, but it's going to be a place that they never would have expected an earthquake to be. An earthquake is going to hit either Texas or a southern city. So, and it's going to surprise millions of people. Okay? And I'll probably come on and do these. And I want us to pray because I see some Chinese warships that's going to intimidate Navy sailors. All right, so let's pray for those warships, and I see a ski accident that's going to make headline news. A ski accident that's going to make headline news. I'll probably give some more of these on Monday or Sunday night or whatever, but I want to challenge you to honor God with your seed. For the first 100, I'm going to give a special gift that I sow a seed of $50. BrianCarn.com. P.O. Box 11507, Jacksonville, Florida, 32239. Stop looking at what you have because what you have in the natural is not what you have. Everything you need is in the spirit, and that's where you look. Your money is in the spirit. Brother, you keep saying I'm rich. Where is that? It's in the spirit. you got to move it from the spirit realm into the natural. He'll bless the work of your hands. You can't just sit home and say, well, Lord, one day it's going to come. No, it doesn't happen like that. you got to move it. I love you. I'm praying for you. Hope God's best for you. Every person on this call, every person on this call, every person on this call, every person on this call need to obey God. I didn't command an offering. Heaven did. 300 of you saw a seed of $50. Trust God. I want to say this, and this is not nothing that I planned on saying, but it's just hit my spirit. There are five of you. 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 You need to give a thousand dollars. 
I'm going to get off of that. But there are five of you right now. You need to sow a seed of $1,000. Just five. I love you. There are five. I heard that again. There are five of you that need to sow a seed of $1,000 between now and Sunday night. Watch what God is going to do in your life. Love you so much. Praying for you. See at the shut-in. See at convocation. See at the refreshing. It'll change your life. God bless. Bye-bye.